Bava Metziah, Perik Gimel, Mishnah Dalad, 3, 4. Uh, another case similar to the previous. Here, um, we have Shnaim, two people, Shehifkidu Eitzel Echad. They both gave money to one guy to watch. Zemane Vezemataim. One of them gave 100, one of them gave Masayim, gave 200. Now, this is important. When they came to him, they gave, these two guys approached the custodian simultaneously in a way that they seem that they're like, they're friendly, they're friends. They are trusting one another. And they're just, you know, they're going on vacation uh, and they're giving their 300 collectively for this guy to watch. One of them has 100, one has 200, fine. That being the case, um, so the custodian is within his rights essentially to say, okay, fine, so I'll keep it for them, no problem. And he doesn't pay close attention, doesn't record which is the guy who deposited 100 and which is the guy who gave him 200 because he says since they are ostensibly friends and trust each other, they're giving for the same time, so then um, they'll figure it out. But of course what happens is when they return from their vacation, each of them say the 200 belongs to him. So now what is our custodian to do? Says the mission, He gives each one 100 because that's for sure. Each one at least is owed 100 because then he knows for certain each one gave him at least 100. And as for that third 100, It sits in escrow with the bezin or whatever until either the guy who's lying fesses up that he's lying or someone else, Eliyahu Navi, um, comes and tells us to whom it should be given. In other words, we don't know what to do. And these two guys are, one of them is a liar. Um, so we're stuck. Now, the Bezin um, won't do something like, you know, force them to split it or whatever it is, because the Bezin's not going to be party to essentially giving money to a thief, so they do nothing at all. If you'll ask, wait a second, the previous Mishnah, uh, we said that the guy has to pay each of them in full, like, even though one of them is out of his own pocket. The reason why is because in the previous Mishnah, we had a Kanas. In the previous Mishnah, our custodian was a poshea. He was negligent. He should have kept track of which of the two guys' fathers gave him the money. In this Mishnah, we're saying, we're giving the guy a pass. We're saying, listen, the custodian, it's true. If yesterday, the first guy gave him 100, and then the next day, the other gave him 200, and they're unrelated, he has to keep track for sure. And if he's confused, he's the bad guy, and he'll have to make them both whole, if each one's claiming 200. But in our case for Mishnah, since ostensibly they trust each other. He's not considered to be negligent in having not kept track of which one is the 100, which is the 200. And therefore, we could say, listen, that third 100 is, the, is not my problem. It's your problem when you guys are a thief. The best thing is sorted out. Here's all the money that I owe, and, you know, I'll wipe my hands of this. Um, if you'll ask an interesting question, which is, wait a second, we have, um, we talked about the Shavuot Shomrim before the obligation with the rice that, that the custodian can exempt himself um, from payment under certain areas, but he has to swear that he doesn't owe the money. There's another um, Shvua Midoraisa, and that Shvua that one is obligated to take is called the Shvua that is when one's Modwa Miktas. He admits um, partially. Um, meaning, if I say you owe me 200, and you say, no, I just owe you 100, so then you can give me back just 100 because I have no proof that you owe me 200, but you're forced to take a Shvua. You have to swear it was 100, not 200. And in contrast, if I say you owe me 100 or even 200, and you say, nope, I don't know what you're talking about, I owe you nothing, then no shvul required. Just You can't extract money, and then the person who's claiming money, I'll have to bring a proof. So you'll ask the question, wait a second, these guys are each claiming 200, he's admitting 100 to one of them, and 100 to the other one of them, that's motor mixus. Why don't we force, force our custodian, the Shomer, to take a shvul of motor mixus? 
Um, so that's a good question. So one answer is that obligation of, of motor mikdash is only when we're concerned that the custodian is like keeping something for himself. But in our case here, the custodian is saying, here's everything that I got here. It's, he's giving everything back, um, which is a question of to whom it should be given. So that being the case, we don't force him to take that shvur. That's one answer. Okay. Now, all that said, um, Rabbi Yossi doesn't like this. Rabbi Yossi, I'm Rabbi Yossi, said in the Mishnah. In Cain, if we let both guys get a hundred and then just leave that, that final disputed hundred in escrow until Eliyahu and Avi comes, Mahif said Aramai. There's no downside to the guy who's, who's the liar, the trickster, the Ramai. In other words, why should he ever fess up? He, got, he deposited 100. He tried to finagle 200 out of the deal. He ends up getting just 100 back. He loses nothing. So why will he ever admit? He won't. So we're just basically, there's no, there's no punishment. He has no downside. Ella ha-kolihe munach eliyahu. Says Rabbi Yossi, rather, in such a scenario, all 300 sits in the safety deposit box of the Bezdin in escrow, waiting until the cheater admits what he did. At least when he admits it, then he'll get 100, not 200, and then the 200 will go to the rightful owner. But the point is we force him, we punish him, we say you're getting nothing until you until you uh, fess up. Now, you might ask the question, wait a second, uh, that sounds very nice if you're going to force the Ramai, the trickster, to fess up, but the other side of the coin is the innocent guy who deposited 100 and did nothing wrong, um, or 200, I should say, and, and did nothing wrong, um, he's getting nothing back, so he's really losing. So how's this fair? The answer is, um, in the small picture, it isn't exactly fair, because he is he is really getting the short end of the stick. But who's the bad guy? Who's perpetrating the injustice? It's not Rabiosi or the Bezdin. It's the trickster. The trickster is to blame for this. It's not, it's not the Bezdin's fault that you've got a criminal in the, in the mix here. But at least in the bigger picture, if the rule is um, that the trickster has what to lose, so then people won't do this in the future. So it's really for the greater good of the society, says Rabiosi. And uh, in the short term here, that yes, there is a, an injustice being done, but it's not injustice of Rabiosi, not the injustice of the Bezdin, it's the injustice of the Ramai. In any case, the Lache is not like Rabiosi. The Lache is like Tanakama. So in the event you have the dispute who gets the third 100, the Din will be each person gets the 100 that they're sure they're owed, and the last third is just kept in escrow until Eleonovi comes, or the person who was trying to perpetuate the fraud admits what he was doing.